Welcome back to Pastor Paula. It's been two weeks, and I am once again joined with co-host Aaron Yao, and I'm Court Green, and here we are. All right, so I didn't do that, right? What do you mean you didn't do that, right? Welcome back to Pastor Potluck. I'm Court Green. I'm Aaron Yao. That's the way we do the introductions. <laughs> That's what we've always done the introductions, and I spaced out. So I'm not going to edit that, but you do remember, if you need me to edit something, you clap your hands. Yeah. And the microphone gets it. Okay. And okay. All right, so if you listen to the last installment... There were several times where there are gaps, and I left those gaps in there intentionally, and that's because it's where I took out a cuss word, because Christy <laughs> Christy saw our post on it, warning that it was PG-13, and she was like, you know you got to take those out. Christy would be the wife to whom I am married. She, you, you know you got to take, take those out. And I was like, fine. And so I went like 2 a.m. And, and found out how to edit an already posted thing. And it's not that hard to do once I figured it out. Yeah. And I took them out. But it made no sense. And so I, I left <laughs> the spaces in there. Like when I said a word that ends in whole. Oh, okay. It, See, I had forgotten what of, words you said. Uh, there I were just three knew. of them. I <laughs> said one that's where super evangelicals think everybody but them is going. Uh-huh. And there was one that ends in whole. And there was one, I think, that beavers build. Oh, okay. So I think gotcha. that's the ones I used. I'm going to try to be a good boy today. Okay. I'm going to try not to have to go back and edit anything today. But um, it has been a super crazy week. Last week was like my worst week in a long time. Mm. And nothing bad really happened. Just Were you just busy? It was just that. Okay. Yeah, I was just busy. And like when you're really busy, you feel like you're working really hard and doing nothing. Right. Or accomplishing nothing. Mm. And so then this week, um, things had kind of leveled off a bit. So I'm glad that I had the time to do this. And thank you for yeah. gracing our loyal three listeners <laughs> with, with your presence and making time no, to do this. I'm glad to do it. I uh, We're in the middle of charge conference preparation, which for United Methodists is just a whole lot of paperwork. So, so for those of us who aren't Methodists, mm-hmm. that's... Is that your end-of-year thing? No, I mean, yes and no. So we have end-of-the-year reports we do, but those are in January. Charge Conference, the big thing is approving um, leadership for next year, and clergy compensation has to be voted on. So this is something that happens in each church? Yes. This is not district level. This is church level. Church level, but the district and conference require it. I will never understand Methodism. Like, I understand theologically. <laughs> right. I understand the way of John Wesley, you know. But all the processes. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. The yeah. ins and outs yes. of Methodism. I'll, I, I'm fascinated by it, but I, mm-hmm. I'm not good at it. Nicole Jones, who is our friend, your fellow Methodist. Yes, I love Methodist, um, She tried to recruit me to be Methodist. I mean, tried hard. <laughs> yeah. And almost had me a few times. Oh. But itineracy which i do understand yeah but it's hard i know i feel bad for y'all but also i think there's a i see why they do it but i also don't want to move that much right but then in addition to that and i've I've looked at my baptist friends and we actually move more than y'all except i'm the outlier yeah we choose to move y'all have to move yeah but um 
So the average Baptist pastor moves every three years, and y'all are less oh, than wow. more. Yeah. Um, but it's it's the the understanding of the ins and outs of how to yeah do Methodism professionally. Well, and there's That's some really weird things like for charge conference, you have to have an ordained elder to preside over your charge conference. Well, Even though you are one. Well, I am one, so I could preside over my own if I wanted to. But we have people like in our lectionary group who are Methodist who are not ordained elders. Okay. And so they have to find an ordained elder to come okay, in so and check the boxes for them. Like Eric Hill. Mm-hmm. So somebody has to come in. That's yes. interesting to me. Uh-huh. Yeah, we don't have anything like that. It's very we strange. Just let it fly. And I think, you know, they can do everything else in their church, but they can't check off these boxes. Hmm. They have to bring someone in. I don't fully understand. I, it. It's probably somebody did something stupid like a hundred years ago, right. and they made a rule. Yeah, probably. You know? Like you know, don't harpoon whales from the road. That is a sign <laughs> and a rule. It's like a blue law in San Francisco. That means okay. at some point, some idiot harpooned a whale from the road. Okay, so mm. and. Probably to a less hilarious extent. That's yeah. why y'all have that. Don't harpoon the whales. <laughs> so now that we've examined all of those things, we were at our lectionary meeting yesterday, and there were some pretty out there uh, verses, and it was actually kind of a really depressing time. <laughs> I, and I don't know if it's because of the verses themselves or just what was on people's minds while we were talking about them. I don't know. Maybe y'all had a wonderful time before I got there 30 minutes late. No. But... I didn't know where to go. And so mm-hmm. we agreed that we would do Matthew because we're doing Matthew. Yeah. And so I'm going to read Matthew, and we're going to just go where it takes us. Unless you want to read. Uh, no, you can read. Okay. You keep looking at your watch. What time you got to go? No, I'm good. It's because it buzzes at me when okay. I don't move enough. <laughs> All right. Matthew 22, 34 through 40. Time out. Dear listener, we're not reading the whole selection. It's supposed to go through 46, but we're going to stop after 40. Um, we may come back to tell you why we stopped, but it's weird. It's why we stopped. I just told you. 22, 34 through 46 says, When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, Which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first command. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And that ends the reading that we're going to cover today. So I think that most in our little group of clergy folks probably make this their mantra oh yeah they probably i mean we probably if asked would say you know it's the um do justice mercy walk humbly humbly yeah Yeah. i'm not very good at remembering bible verses (laughs) it's crazy that i'm in the job that i have yeah what is it do you have to call Micah. yeah i don't know chapter and verse but it's in Micah. micah something we are educated people ladies and gentlemen but Probably that's like the bumper sticker one. But I think most of us, at least in judging them by their actions, I think most of us try to live by this. Oh, yeah. 
I think so. Love God, love neighbor. Um, and I talk about this a lot in church. Really? Yeah. And especially, I mean, having moved here in COVID, that was already the mantra is everything we were doing was to try to show love of God and love of neighbor. Everything we were doing as a church or as, as a, a response to COVID as a society? Well, I think as response to COVID, at least in our church, I don't I would hope others, but love God love neighbor. COVID pulled some people apart. I know it did. That's a whole other conversation. And I thought we didn't have to have that conversation. Let's not. Let's not. So, you've noticed that that's something that you, well, without a better word, preach a lot. Yeah. I mean, maybe not like necessarily. Verbatim? No, no. But I would say that a lot of what we do is about loving God and loving neighbor. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what I was getting at with the original statement about you know our little cohort, is that this seems to be an undergirding principle that whether you ever quote it should guide the actions of a believer. Right. It's totally what Jesus is saying here. Yes. My question, though, is, yeah, you mentioned that you preach this whether you're saying it verbatim or not. I can tell you that I certainly do the same. Are we noticing any more loving God and any more <laughs> loving people? Or how would we even notice? Yeah, I don't know. Is it just like it's our job to not let them forget? Is that what it is? Keep it in front of them all the time. Yes, or we should just we could just admit that we don't know all the laws. Right. There's 613 of them. Yes. We might know 10. Maybe. Maybe. Probably not. If you were to ask me on the spot right now, can you quote the Ten Commandments? No. I'm going to forget I one. probably I mean, could. I know them all. I wouldn't get them in order, yeah. but I could probably Okay, get them let's all. do it. Okay. Who goes first? You go or first. Or should we work together? So I think we need to work together. Love the Lord together. your God. Let's see. Uh, put no other gods before me. The first three are God commandments. Yes. Uh, don't make idols. Observe the Observe Sabbath. the Sabbath and keep it holy. Is um. that... Is that two commandments? I don't you know. just observe it by keeping it holy. All right, so there's your three God commandments. Okay. Honor your father and mother. Mm-hmm. Don't covet. Don't covet. Don't steal. Don't kill. Don't commit adultery. It's kind of a big one. Um, oh, we're don't lie, don't bear false witness. Oh, okay. We have one left. Oh man. See, that's the tough one. Because then you're like, you got to figure out which what one. What am forgot. I missing? I'd have to write it all out. Yeah. I'm a visual yeah. learner. And there's 613 of them. Uh-huh. And we struggle with the 10 that everybody knows. Right. And we're going to sit here and think about it. <laughs> I'm not saying you'll sit there until I tell you. No. no. I'm just saying that even if we go on to talking to something else, both of us are going to be trying to think. Yeah, maybe. So if you remember it, just interrupt. Okay. But you can interrupt me anytime because as I listen back to the last <laughs> you recording. You interrupt me all the time. <laughs> all the time. Yep. Because I'm okay. a chauvinist. Oh, my God. I'm a chauvinist <laughs> jerk. All right. So... Back to my point, I think that Jesus' point in saying that on this, all the rest, they, they kind of just hang on it. Right. Is why we bring it up so much. Mm-hmm. It's Yes, it's easier for us to tell them to do two things than it is to tell them to do 613. It's also easier for 
us in our personal lives to try to just say, you know, is it loving? Right. And we wrestled with this in a grad school ethics class. Mm. What is good? You know, mm. what is loving? What is loving? And yeah. You know, everybody comes up with hypotheticals mm-hmm. and you know in this situation in that situation Joseph Fletcher situational ethics and on we go but I think honestly that's really if we if we want to serve God and God is love then it has to come back to those things mm-hmm. so how can we ever say that we are people who love God if we don't love sufficiently all of God's fellow children. Right. Yeah, that's a tough question. And how do you love your neighbor as yourself? Someone brought up once with me the the topic that if you're loving your neighbor as yourself, that means, like, if you see someone who's hungry, you don't go form a committee to see if that person is worthy of feeding or how you're going to do it. You just go get them some food because that's what you would do if you were hungry. If I was hungry, I would go get food. Right. That's true. But what is sufficient love? How, how have I, is it just not hating? Mm. Or is it, and what if I don't even like myself? Right. So, so loving someone else as you love yourself, if you don't love yourself, it's tough. It's, yeah. yeah. So, what can our what can our listening friends do with Jesus' words here? Because the setup, if you remember, is that these Pharisees have seen Jesus shut down the Sadducees, mm-hmm. which are Jewish sectarian groups. And honestly, I've said this on the show before, but or podcast or whatever it is, I've said this previously. If Jesus was anything, in my opinion, he was a Pharisee because he didn't hang around the temple much and he was a big proponent slash expert on the law. And that's kind of who the Pharisees were. Yeah. So they go to Jesus and they seem to be impressed by his move as he shut down the Sadducees and they ask him this question expecting an answer. And I'm giving them more credit than I think anybody else in our little group did. I don't think, I think they really wanted to know. Mm. I don't think it was a gotcha question. Because you can test someone, you know, the teachers that give a test in school aren't hoping that you fail. Well, that's a good yeah. point. And yeah, I think we do read it that way, though. Yes, we do. Yeah. And to be fair, they do a lot. Yeah. But it, this doesn't read that way to me. Mm. And if you disagree with me, that's fine. Yeah, I just hadn't ever looked at it that way. I've always looked at it as they were trying to trap him. I'm a closet fan of the Pharisees, actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't think they're the boogeyman that we make them into. Anyway, so when they ask this question, it seems like they want to learn from him. Mm. And it's a novel concept when he says it. The problem is we've had it for a while, mm. and I don't know that we've done anything else with it other than point to it every now and then. Right. This is what Jesus said to do. Yeah. yeah. Like, so so if I'm, if I'm doing that, if I'm taking care of people, am I really going to nail all the other commandments? 
Hmm. I mean, like, I don't eat kosher food. Yeah. I wear blended material. <laughs> yeah, and I had to look in. You brought that up last time, and I had to look into it. What exactly is it, polyester? Do oh, I yeah. have any of that? I must. Yeah. I'm probably wearing it now. Um, yeah, and so there's the question of is that true, but I don't think Jesus meant it to be 100% accurate. I think he meant that the Spirit... Of all these commandments, mm. for instance, Jubilee. Oh, I you love Jubilee. Set, yeah, I, I think it's something we should have hung on to. Right. But, you know, you got to set the slaves free and even let the land rest every seven mm-hmm. years. Um, that's obviously done because God loves humanity and wants to stop us from being able to perpetually... Well, debt over people's yeah, and to harm people and, in perpetuity. Right. And so I, I, I think the spirit of what he said makes sense, but I think we, we can get lost, in, like I just did, in the idea that, well, it is written, Jesus said it, so if I obey these, I don't even have to know them. Mm-hmm. I'll accidentally keep all the other commands. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, like you said, I'm not sure that, we would keep all 613 commandments if we're loving God, loving neighbor. Um, I think it's more about the spirit than it is the letter of the law. So then the, my other question, that's not necessarily for you, but I do care what you think. Do we get a pass? Mm. Because the Christian idea for eons has been, well, Jesus died, so now... The Old Testament is useful for me to judge others, but I don't have to listen to it anymore. And I, I'm one of them. And in theory, I'm not. You can choose what you look at. But in practice, I am. I don't. I didn't go memorize them. Mm -hmm. I haven't been to Hebrew school. No. Um, So I don't know if we get a pass or not, though. We might be in trouble, Aaron. I know. I yeah. I would be in big trouble. I hope trouble. my son doesn't listen to this. He's well, like starting to freak out over oh. Like, oh, I might have sinned when I did this. Oh, like, no. Son, calm down. Ask for forgiveness. You're okay. That's the problem. He'll <laughs> stop what he's doing five times in the span of an hour. Oh, and Ask no. for forgiveness. Wow. So. Super aware of that. Yes. I'm worried huh. about him. I'm oversharing. That's okay. I'm going to leave it in there, though, because <laughs> we can get so hyper aware of the rules, I'm air quoting, the rules, and we can get, and I think that these Pharisees probably were. That's why they asked mm. you just the question. What what matters the most? And forget to just love our neighbor. Mm. And forget to just love God through loving our neighbor. Mm. Because we're so fixated, like I think my son is right now, and I, I hope it's a phase, but we're so fixated on getting it right. For ourselves. Mm. And if I'm so fixated on that, I don't know if I'm even noticing my neighbor. Right. So we can get it wrong by trying to get it right. That's a really good point. So we're darn if we do and we're darn if we don't. <laughs> well, actually, no. no. We're just darn if we don't. Yeah, I think that's true. Darned if we don't. Okay, I don't know where we go from here. I don't either. So here's why, <laughs> um, here's why we didn't really dive into the other verses. And we're not going to now. But just in case you don't have your Bibles on you. 
41 through 46 gets strange because it doesn't belong. It's just in 40, Jesus gives the reason that you just got to do those two commands because on these two commands hang all the the law and the prophets and then takes a crazy, not Jesus is crazy, (laughs) but the way it shows up in Matthew, it doesn't make any sense. 41, now the Pharisees were gathered together. That makes sense. They were talking. Jesus asked them this question. What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, son of David. In other words, that's what tradition has always said. That's who they expected to be, a descendant of David. 43, he said to them, how is it then that David by the Spirit calls him Lord, saying, the Lord is the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under feet. And it's quoting a psalm. And I've read that psalm, and it doesn't make any sense there either. But, we're not getting into that because no. it doesn't belong. No. No, it seems to be pretty off the wall. So when you when you look at your Bible, folks, just realize. I'm not saying it shouldn't be there. I'm saying it's not like you're reading a novel where someone wrote it. What's the reader going to be thinking mm. when they read this? What you're reading is collections of stuff that's pieced together by people who did their best. Right. And so sometimes the puzzle pieces don't make any sense. Yeah. Okay. And this seems to be one that doesn't make sense. And no. No. If I'm Matthew, I put that somewhere else or not at all. Yeah. But I don't get to pick and choose, except that it's today. So <laughs> getting back. Back to what we were talking about. Yeah. What is a way that you, you can feel free not to answer because mm-hmm. I did not prepare you in any way for this question. What's a way that you've seen Jesus' word, words put into work, put into mm-hmm. practice by someone in your life? It doesn't have to be like a person that I would know here or now, mm-hmm. but... Love God and love neighbor. A way that you see Jesus through somebody by mm-hmm. the way that they treat you. By the way they treat me? Yeah, I don't want it personal. I don't want it third party. Oh my goodness. You love felt, God, uh, love. I was loved in this moment. Gosh, I mean, I I do have some good friends and colleagues who I think live into this. Um, hmm. Yeah, I can't think of a specific example off the top of my head. I'll go. Okay, thank um, you. Maybe I'll think of something. <laughs> so I had a Sunday school teacher when I was in high school. And my dad had left, and I needed a like a father figure oh. guy, and he just like brought me into his family. Not really, I still had a loving mother and a family of my own. Right. But like when they were doing something, I was welcome and I mm. knew it. And he didn't make a thing out of it. Yeah. He just and he like didn't buy me stuff and junk like that. Well, like they got a family pass to Carowinds. Which, Western North Carolina people, is a theme park in Charlotte. Um, anyway, and so, like, they had an extra one. Because yeah. they came in groups of four. So, like, he gave me that because it didn't cost me anything. But it's not like he did anything that you would think of. But he made it clear that I was a part of his family, mm-hmm. period. And if they're doing something, I can be a part of it. Nice. I wasn't forced to. Yeah. He just, I mean... 
you know, just welcomed me in and didn't make a thing of it the word embarrassed me, but I needed it mm. and he gave it to me. And and my son's middle name is Kenneth because his name was Kenneth. Oh, um wow. well son number one. And so that would be an example of just including someone. Mm-hmm. I mean it doesn't take much. No, it doesn't. I mean, I, I assume that I'm user-friendly and it didn't take much for him. It may have been a huge <laughs> sacrifice for him. I don't know. But, you know, I've done two of his daughter's weddings. He had four daughters. Um, so far, one of them's still married. <laughs> anyway, so I hope she doesn't listen to this. Um, <laughs> but, but I think that's something that wasn't too difficult mm. for him slash them to do. But it certainly showed me the love of God. Yeah, it was impactful for you. Yeah, was he perfect? Oh, God, no. Yeah. And does he have his own things he has to deal with, with God, just like everyone? Yes. Mm -hmm. But I certainly saw the love of God through him, and I think that may be the kind of thing that Jesus is talking about that any of us can do. Yeah. It doesn't take all that much effort to take someone in. Well, I mean, I didn't and live I'm with like, that. Oh, I know. That would have taken a lot. Yeah, that yeah. would have. I mean, along similar lines, when I was a, stu- a college student at Catawba, I was far away from home, so I didn't go home for, like, the long weekends like everyone else did. Um, and I had members at my church that would take me in for... Your church in Salisbury. Yeah, yeah. where I was a very part-time youth director. And uh, there were families, like, I can remember eating at... A family's house for Thanksgiving dinner and Easter and you know those kinds of things again it didn't take a whole lot of effort yeah they were having meals anyway yeah but just to be included and invited so it doesn't have to be hard right like any of our listeners any of our church members can do this yes and my hope is that more of them are doing it that we don't see because they don't go out and brag about it right And hopefully that's what's happening. I hope so. I I can think of several of my church members that have done that to me. Mm. And so I'm sure they're doing it it for others. Not exactly the same situation. But there have been several. And they don't do it because I'm the pastor. Because I think that the days of that are over. Oh, I think the days of that are long gone. Peter and I were talking about this today. Former co-host Peter Constantian um, and I were talking about this earlier today. Because we're still friends. Say that a rumor, a rumor spread. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I said that. Um, but we were talking about how I forgot now. Oh, how in the white Protestant church, mm. like pastors have no authority whatsoever. Oh, no, it's like you know, you're lucky we allow you to be, yes. you know, get up there. <laughs> and I'm not gonna, I love my church, yeah. but I'm not, so I'm not complaining about them specifically. And I, I do feel empowered here. But compared to, like, up the road at Harris Chapel, mm. it's, they revere their pastor mm-hmm. there. And so Peter brought that point up. So I'm not the racist, just in case that comes off <laughs> racist. Um, but I, I think he's right. Um, yeah. My friends that I went to seminary with that are not as pale as I am mm-hmm. would agree with that. How did we get on to pastoral authority? Uh, because we were talking about being invited by people. And they don't do it because you're the pastor anymore. Right. Yeah, they may expect you to come visit them when they're sick because you're the pastor, but it, it's no longer like a big honor to have the preacher at your... No, like, I don't think glad. so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I like being invited into people's ho- homes and out to eat, but not out of a sense of obligation. Yeah, not because of your title. Right. And... 
the reason I like that that reverence for the title has faded is not so much about being invited or not being invited, but it's because we're not superhuman. Right. And why anyone ever tried to present the image that we are, I'll never understand. I don't understand it either. It's really hard to live up to the expectations that some people used to have of pastors. So it's, it's good that we get to be human again. Yeah, I think so too. It's dirty secret as we always have been. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think it's hard for some people, though, to see that. Some people on which side of the pulpit? On the other side, not on our side. Okay. But for some in the congregation to see that their pastors are human. You mean when they have that realization for the first time that you're flawed? Yes. You meaning anyone. Anyone, yeah. It, they, it's hard for them to deal with? I think so. Do you think they're let down? Yeah. You saying that I've let people down? Absolutely. Well, no, you're right. I am not you're saying right. that. I have. Well, and I have too. But... And if people have those expectations, I hate it yeah. for us, but we're always going to let them down. Right. Because we are human beings with flaws. Mm-hmm. And... Um, here, here's something that most people don't know. We sin, too. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I do. You may not. <laughs> I think it's probably easier for you to not sin because uh, I'm just a horrible human being. Anyway, because um, I don't know but nine of the commandments. No, well, I was sitting here with you trying to come up with the other one. And but I, I was the one it. on record. So, <laughs> okay. therefore, have we figured it out yet? No. Is it something about an ox or something? <laughs> Probably. But that was coveting. You don't covet your neighbor's ox. Most of them are greed related. Mm. I don't even know what we're talking about now. Pastors being perfect. Let's look it up. The Ten Commandments. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we clearly don't have the Ten Commandments you know who posted could, you know, here. You know who does know them? Charleston Heston. Mm. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right, no other gods before me. Image. Of course it's the one we didn't get. Because I do it all the time. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Oh. <laughs> I don't actually do it. I don't actually take the Lord's name in vain. I just say what people think is taking the Lord's name in vain. Yeah. Um, and I, oh, let's talk about that. So... There's a misconception out there, because it's lazy, that saying GD, I didn't say it, I'm not going to have to edit this one, saying GD is taking the Lord's name in vain. Hmm. And the reason people want to believe that is because then they only have to avoid doing one thing. Right. And the fact is, any misuse of the Lord's name is taking the Lord's name in vain. Mm, We do that all the time. So saying, like, what I want to do must be God's will, that's taking the Lord's name in vain. Mm -hmm. Um, here's a controversial one saying that America is a Christian nation and thus God blessed us is putting God's stamp on whatever the American government wants to do. And that is taking the Lord's name in vain. Mm-hmm. It's a whole lot easier just not to say GD. Yeah. So we just redefine it. Yeah. But I say GD a lot. I'm just going <laughs> to admit that. Not in front of anybody usually, <laughs> but like when I'm by myself and I'm mad, yeah. usually in a car. Not at other drivers, just because okay. I'm mad. Just because I'm you're blowing mad. off steam. Yeah. Sometimes right. when I'm praying. A couple weeks ago, I, it was one of those days that I just needed to cuss. And so I got in the car and turned the music up and I just 
cussed up a storm. I thought, well, okay. We all have that. But it makes sense that I would forget the one that has been redefined as don't say GD because I say it constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. So everybody knows our favorite sin. Yeah. Which is not a sin. (laughs) (laughs) But could be a sin, depending on how I use it. Like, here's how that can be taking the Lord's name. You know this, but I'm Mm. just for the listener. If I were to say GD, this is only hypothetical. If I was only to say GD Aaron, well, then I'm using God's name to curse you. Well, yes, that is sinful. Yeah. Okay. That is taking the Lord's name in vain because God does not curse you. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, if I'm just saying it, like yeah. getting your own GD Lane or something, <laughs> then, <laughs> then it's a different story. All right. So now that we've established that we, we have all the commandments. Took I, us I, long I, I, bet, I bet we won't forget that one again. No. Um, there's no way, feasibly, that we're ever going to remember the other 603. 600, yeah. So, maybe it's a good thing that Jesus gave us another path forward. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Because those, the lawyer that asked the question, I bet you he knows all 613. Oh, yeah. And what Jesus gave him and everybody else is a way not only to honor God without having to remember them all, but also to not get hung up on the details mm-hmm. and obsessed to the point that you're wondering about establishing an order of importance mm-hmm. about these things. Now, I don't think the law is trivial and dumb. No. I'm not one of those. And I don't think it should be discounted because it's evidence of God working with human beings throughout time. Mm. But I sure am thankful for this idea that Jesus puts forward. Oh, yeah. Um, And I think, again, this is me, the term is isogeting. I'm reading my thoughts into the Bible. The way I imagine that person responding is with gratitude Mm. for Jesus' answer. We don't get their response. They're just still there, and we ask this weird question. Yeah. Um, what happens after it? After after forty six? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't read that far. Yeah, look at. I up. do zero research for Pastor Paula. <laughs> Depend solely on remembering crap from seminary. Well, that's scary. That was so long ago. Yes. <laughs> I'm, about, I'm about to go back on my taking the Lord's name in vain rule. She called me old. Sorry. Well, I'm right there with you. Someone asked me last night how many years I've been in the ministry, and I was like, oh, boy. It's like 18 at But this you're, point. it's not fair because you look way younger. I know. Yeah. I, I, I look every it. bit of my age. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I got out my phone like I was going to look and see what's next. I looked it up. It goes to chapter 23. What does it say? Um, then Jesus said to the crowds and his disciples. Total scene change. The scribes and the Pharisees. He starts denouncing them. Okay. So I think it's a scene change. So, so yeah. we don't get. <clears throat> when I'm reading Matthew and I hear then Jesus said, I, I realize it's a different scene. He goes into the woes. Woe is he that does this and she that does that. Um. So we don't get the 
the question asker's response, no. the interlocutor. And so I am free to imagine his response. And in my imagination, yours does not have to match mine. Mm. I think that the guy, if, if I was him, I'd say, huh, well, that makes sense, Jesus. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> clearing that up. Um, and Riley, the leader of the lectionary group yesterday, you've heard his voice on this show before. But he um, he asked us, now, if you were a Jew sitting there, what would your response be? Mm. So I put on my seminary hat and I said, the Shema. <laughs> I don't know if that would have been my response or not, but he hit me out of the blue. Kind of like I do here today. But um, How I, would you respond? And I don't, I don't like those questions because I'm not a Jew in Jesus' time. True. I don't know how I would respond. Even if I was a Jew today, yeah. I wouldn't know how I'd respond under Roman occupation right. in the first century. I'd probably say, I don't care. Let me go you know, pin my grapevines or whatever <laughs> so that someone else can make the profit off of them. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, so that's a fair critique. But um, as I imagine it, well, no, not as I imagine it. As I stand today, I'm grateful for Jesus' response to the question. Yes. However he responded, not my father. Yes. So I'm going to close. Oh, you ready? I'm ready. I'm going to close out the show, because I have to go visit somebody in the hospital, by saying, love God, love people, and try to remember not to save you. <laughs> for Pastor Paula, down Court Green. I'm Aaron, yeah. We'll try to give you some guests on here next time we do this. I, I've got a few in mind and I'll, I'll run them down the road sometime in the next little bit. Peace. <laughs>